0: Hey, hey, <laughs> what? what's up, it's Aiden Targo Jones, you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 15th of May, yeah, got it boy, 2018, Oh, I'm kind of rushed right now, what am I doing, I don't have heaps of time to do this because, so I just, I was at Nice today, my business course just finished, I kind of raced home. Um I really feel like it's going to be a busy one this coming week man like we're going to say first of all oh all right me and Blake um <laughs> oh <laughs> that's so Blake if anyone here hasn't seen Blake Freeman do comedy whenever he goes into a new bit or like a new premise he does this thing where he goes oh to like be like oh i just remembered you know and get that f- whatever <laughs> we joke about him or we joke about it to him or oh! Um, oh, I just remembered that I wrote this bit two years ago and now I'm going to do it, oh. (laughs) Wait up. Oh, good tea. Me and Blake just got a place. Uh, We got approved on Friday. We move in this coming Friday. Um, It's just a nine-month lease, but it's in East Brunswick. It's in such a good spot. It's just the two of us. Um, Two bedrooms, kitchen, lounge room, Fuck yeah. So, my week this week is going to be like Nice today. I got three gigs tonight. Tomorrow, I'm just doing my business plan. I'm trying to get that government money, you know? And then um, just all day doing that. Got my gigs tomorrow night. Thursday, business plan day. Uh, And then packing all my shit up on Thursday day before I go out on uh, Thursday night. And then Friday, missing niece, we're going to hire a van. I just, I feel like Friday is going to be real intense. Um, We're going to hire a van and take all of our shit to this new place. And then Blake's like, he's like, his mum has a fridge that we can get, which is like out west where he's from, which is like an hour drive. And then he's like, uh, his mum's boyfriend has a couch that we can have, Burls. Good old Burls. And <laughs> that's the dude's name, Burls. What a fucking champ name. Um, and I was like, how far is that from your mum's? And he was like, oh, probably like another hour. So it's in like some town that I've never fucking heard of. And I'm like, man, that sounds so long. Like, I can just say. <laughs> I have this vision in my head of me and Blake with all of our shit that we own in the back of a van driving down an unsealed dirt road at, like, as the sun goes down arguing over how to get to Burl's house to pick up a fucking couch. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just... Oh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot. Um, I love that feeling of, like, when you're really... I was talking about this with someone today, like the like the way like being a comedian is like day to day is you wake up in the morning and you don't really have anything kind of planned or maybe you do maybe you've got meetings with people if you've got some shit going on but I don't have anything going on so I wake up I make breakfast I have a tea I sit outside I listen to a podcast I write and it's just like a very lazy day until like seven o'clock when I get on my bike, or people get in their car, or whatever, and you've, you're have you like, I've got four hours to do as many gigs as I can, you know, so you're like, racing to get to the gig, and do the first one, and then the second one, and then the third one, and just like, running between all these shows, so there's like, like long, yawning moments of calm, and then concentrated periods of extreme stress, and uh, I kind of like that feeling, you know, I kind of like the feeling of being rushed, I kind of like, Um, that feeling of racing around, like, not all the time, but, like, sometimes when you're like, okay, I've got to do this, and this, and this, and this, and I only have enough time to do one of those things, it's like, well, let's fucking do it, and then you, sometimes I feel like I'm, like, in, like, 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 limitless, you know that movie, Limitless, when he, he, like, takes the pill, and he's like, and he can just see through time and he's like beep, 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 doing all this shit and, and just crushing it and then he comes out the other side and he's like oh what just happened that's like how I feel when I got heaps of shit to do except I'm not on the limitless pill so I, I do a bunch of shit but I just do do it all to kind of a, a passable like standard I'll like make dinner undercook it run outside have half a tea throw the rest on the floor wash forget to shave get out to a gig be late do, do half written jokes cuz they're not done yet go to the next gig too late to get my spot uh, and be angry go outside yell go to a random bar drink Do the writing that I should have done that day But it's now one in the morning And then go home and sleep (laughs) The model of efficiency (laughs) I think that's the reality of it But in all of those moments The feeling I have is like I am crushing it (laughs) I'm Superman You know (laughs) Fuck So um, So we're only going to be in this place for another, what's today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, three more fucking nights, oh my god, this has been a long time coming, oh, I just, when we got accepted, it was so sick when we got accepted for the place, because we, I applied, uh, like, I put in the applications for us, me and Blake sat down, like, one night, and we did, you know, just, like, just just fucking thrashed out those application forms. And then I put them in um, for two places that were both short-term leases. And I just had in my head, like, this is going to be real hard. I don't even know if we're going to have a place by the end of June when we need to get out. And uh, because, like, Naomi, our previous housemate, took, like, two months to find a new place. And, and like, f- my mate Phil and his girlfriend Ruby uh, took, like, about two months as well. And so I'm like, oh, dude, I'm really settling in for the long haul here. Like, it kind of felt like the first applications were just preliminary, like, testers, you know? And then it came back that we got both of them. And uh, it was amazing. I I was not expecting to get both of them that quick at all, to have a choice, and to be like, we're fucking moving out next week. Fuck yeah. Suck my dick, Melbourne property market, you know? Oh, amazing. (sighs) So that's like one thing done um, it's been, what have I done this week, though, other than that, that was, like, I was going to, I was going to, like, inspections and shit last week for, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, um, oh, speaking of, like, being late for shit, um, I mean, first of all, this morning, I really don't think I have a problem with, uh, with being late, man, like, other people being late, or me, I, I don't have a problem with other people being late, because I know that I'm so regularly late, I think, and this is no good, I think my rationalization for being late is, like, I'd rather not wait for someone, so I'll make them wait for me, oh my god, that's fucked up, but I try and be, like, five minutes late, you know, and then if they're five minutes late, I'm like, ah, bluff called, you know, (laughs) It's, it's like poker. It's, <laughs> it's like when we say 8 o'clock, I'm going to come at 8.05. But if I, if I know you and I know you're a late person, then I'll double down and come at 8.15 thinking that you're going to come at 8.10 because it's just... <laughs> This is the two of us trying to not be the ones sitting around getting bored waiting for the other person to get there. <laughs> That's so funny. It's nice dealing with other late people. What is like is brutal is like uh, my mate Luke Leonard, great Melbourne comedian, um, told me once that he finds lateness to be an act of aggression because like... <clears throat> basically for what I've just said, but he kind of flips it and goes, if you're late, then you're saying that you value your own time more than you value mine. Which, yeah, absolutely. Yes. If if it's a competition or if it's a choice for me between taking five minutes off of your life or mine, your life all day, man. This isn't Sophie's choice. It's Sophie versus fucking a, a rock and nothing. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know. Oh no, Sophie's the one making the choice. It'd be like if Sophie had to choose between her kid, and then like her ki- and then like her kid's friend. You know? It's like, look, I mean, I wish I didn't have to kill, uh, kill my kid's mate, but I love my kid more. I love my time more than I love your time, Luke Leonard. So yes, I'm gonna be late. No, I know it's a it's a fucked up thing to be late, if someone else has made the effort to uh, to not be late. But if I'm honest with myself, I. I don't care that much. Five minutes is like shut up. Five minutes. I don't care. Um, and so keeping that in mind, I um, I was late to Nice today. Um, I was like twenty minutes late though, cause it was just like I really pushed it today. I woke up and was like. I woke up at 20 minutes to nine and the thing starts at nine and it's like a 10, 15 minute ride to there. So I woke up at 22, got dressed and didn't even get dressed in a hurry. I was just like getting dressed, getting dressed. And then uh, went downstairs, made myself a cup of tea <laughs> went outside and I was like, oh, it's nine o'clock and I had just started my tea. I was like, well, I just started my tea. Like I'm not going to not drink my tea. I love my teas. <laughs> just sat there, not really doing anything, just being later and later. <laughs> what a piece of shit. But, I mean, today nothing came of it. But last week I got to witness a little bit of a little bit of fucking, um, a little bit of chaos on the street. What's the word that I'm looking for? A little bit of excitement. No. How brutal is it when you can't think of the word that you want and you just your story stalled? The other per- person's looking at you and you're like, a little bit. Drama! Yes! Drama is the word I was looking for. A little bit of bloody drama. A little bit of, um, just chaos on the street, man. The people, so the house next door to us, which was like some Asian couple were moving out of their place and, uh, I don't know if this was a, maybe I shouldn't be like bringing the race into it, but I thought there might've been a little bit of that element to it. So it was, it was an Asian couple, guy and a girl, uh, moving out of their place and this, uh, white woman who the Asian couple were maybe in their 40s and the white woman was like 60. And uh, they were arguing because this, this, uh, this couple had put their bins out on the curb, like in front of the curb, taking up a parking space because they had a big truck parked in the middle of the street which is like there's all these parking spaces that are like metered in the middle of the street and uh they had a big truck there and they were moving all their shit out of their house and into this truck so they could move and the truck was parked horizontally taking up like three spaces but in the middle of the road no one it wasn't busy enough for that to matter but this older lady was trying to park in front of their house uh, in the permit zone and she was yelling at them because they put their bins there and she was like, you can't do that, you can't do that. So I walk out and I'm drinking my tea late for niece again and uh, this lady's like yelling at the, the Asian lady going like, you can't do that, disrespectful. And the Asian lady's going like, don't touch my stuff, stay out of my business. Like <laughs> the, la- the older lady went to grab the bin and she was like, stay out of my that's personal stuff, don't touch my stuff. And they were yelling at each other. And then the man tried to, like, get in front of his partner. And uh, the the, um, the older lady was, like, yelling at him. And uh, I saw some dude. I was just sitting there, like, it's, like, five metres away, ten metres away from me. And I'm sitting there drinking my tea, going, like, I wonder how this is going to pan out. And, uh... and some dude, like, in a suit on the way to work, walked past. Um, I, and, and, like, stopped and was, like, can I help? And they, they both just started yelling at him from either side. Like, she did this and then another one. They're trying to... Blah, 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 blah. This dude was like, I saw his altruistic spirit start like at peak altruism being like, I'm going to solve this. And then just go down in the space of like a minute to finally be walking backwards away from them going, I'm sorry, I have to go to work. Bye. I like, I hope he goes, I hope that you reach a, a peaceful solution to this. And he just walked off like shaking his head. And, um, me, like, you know, fucking, uh, what's the, like, just interventionist, you know, like headstrong idiot that I am, I'm like, I can solve this. So, uh, I thought I had a solution, which was to like, maybe this lady who, um, who wanted to park in the spot that they were taking up, maybe if they could pay for her parking in the street, in the metered section, I think that's why she wanted to park on the curb because it's not meted. so i was like maybe if you guys pay for her parking like 20 bucks for the day or whatever um then that'll be cool that these guys have their stuff there and the guy was like yeah i'll be willing to do that and the older lady was like are they going to pay for everyone else's parking on the street as well are they going to do that and i was like oh, okay cool you don't want to reach a solution you're too far gone with your anger and you are just you're just in yelling at these people and um maybe I shouldn't have took sides but as soon as I said that the lady and the couple came over to me and was like put your number in my phone you're a witness (laughs) I'm like oh god I got a message a couple days later from her going I'm the lady who you were talking about that woman who was trying to park in front of us and you're my witness and you might get a call and I was like oh god what have I I thank fuck I didn't get a call I didn't get a call you know um why did I try and involve myself in that shit I guess I wanted to be the white knight coming in and saving the day but it's like that's not my business, you know? I don't know. Would you have helped? Do you help? I really don't know whether you help or not. Like, am I helping by doing that or am I doing that just for myself, you know? Is that something that I'm actually trying to solve the situation or am I just doing that for my own ego so I can walk off going, oh, I solved a domestic dispute. What a good boy. Yeah. So, uh I got a couple fucking interesting things that I wanted to talk about this week. Uh I guess... I could talk about this, um, so, uh, my friend in Edinburgh, let me just pull up the messages here, got, um, it's just maybe like a mission, I got like a mission, I wonder if you guys could do this for me, I, th- I feel like this is a fun adventure, wait up, so, my friend was getting calls, actually, I don't need to pull up the number, because I'm not going to give out the number on the podcast, basically, my friend in Edinburgh got calls from an Australian number. And uh, the calls were like, she didn't know the number. I mean, I, I think I'm the only Australian person that she knows. Um, and <laughs> actually, I think I am the only Australian person that she knows because, <laughs> <when> <laughs> I don't know if this is too personal, when, when uh, we slept together like uh, almost a year ago, she said I had fulfilled her lifelong dream of being able to sleep with a person from every continent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the Australia, the Australasia. So I figured, I figured that means like she, you know, she doesn't know any other um, any other Australians, or else she probably would have fucked them. Oh, that's not a good assumption to make. I think she does know other Australians, but whatever. <clears throat> she doesn't know this number of, uh, of an Australian person, and um, they were calling her, called her a few times, leaving voice messages that were like, like, what's up, what's up um, using her name, I almost spilled her name then, using her name, and, and then she, like, uh, oh, that's what she, uh, she said she video called with this dude, and, um, still didn't know who it was, and the guy was like, oh, no, you're not the person I'm looking for, but used the right name for it, which is kind of weird, you know, so, um, I was like, oh, give me the number. And I, I'm i like, oh, I'll call this dude and I'll try and suss out who it is, see if I can get the, you know, connection. But I really didn't do a game plan. I just went in like, uh, I'll just call him, catch his name, and then pretend that I was looking for another number. Which, like, what information am I going to get with that? So I called him and I was like... And I can I, I saw, I, I said I either used the name Matthew or Andrew, and I can't remember which one because one of them is the name that I made up for the call, and one of them is his name that he gave me. And I can't even remember which fucking one. That's how bad. I would have been the worst spy in the war. <laughs> I would have been like, they've got missiles over there. Wait, is it missiles or farmland? I, uh, I know it's one of the missiles or the farmland. Damn it! Sorry, Winston. I'm sorry. So um, hold up. I guess the I don't know if this would be fun. If it, the first person, if you, if someone's keen, message me on my uh, Facebook page AJ Taco, and uh, I'll give you the number if you're in Australia. I'll give you the number if you can call this person. Say that you're like a salesman or something and try and pitch them and just try and get I just want to figure out who it is or like if they've been maybe all right if you can pretend that you're like a travel agent ask them if they've ever been to Scotland or or if they know anyone in Scotland and if they would like to travel to Scotland <laughs> Is that a good plan? <laughs> ask them if they know anyone from Scotland if they have any plans on going to Scotland Edinburgh, maybe like just throw out some little hooks and just see what the vibe is. And, uh, if you want, I'll give you my friend's name. And if you're not getting anywhere, you can drop that name at the end. I like, I just want to know how do you get a number on the other side of the world, get the person's name and then call them. And it's the wrong number, but the right name. Like what, what are the scenarios here? it's too long distance for a murder, right, so I don't see any danger, is it a marketing call, like, that's bad marketing, like, the long distance rates, like, what, what's happened here, you know, I've no fucking idea, and, uh, and she doesn't know either, and she wants to know, and I told her I'm going to put it on the podcast, so I'm really, like, putting the ball in your guys' court, I know there's a few of you guys who listen every week, someone, like, fucking step up to the plate, because I'm too, I'm shitty at fucking prank calls, this is where, this is where we pull resources, guys, I'm really bad at prank calls, because I can't keep up the front long enough, you know, I crack, as soon, like, I laugh too much, as soon as the joke, or there's, like, a little bit of awkwardness, or if the joke's up, or if they just bite at the first thing, I get too excited, and I'm like, "Ah," and I can't fucking do it, you know, um, what I should have done is developed a game plan before I made the first call, anyway, rather than just going in blind like a maniac. Um, but all right, first person to message me AJ Taco on Facebook gets the number and the name, and fucking let's figure this out. If oh, I mean, if you get any information, the biggest shout out on the podcast, a hundred percent, of course. That's huge if you get the name. Oh, so that that's a fun little challenge, right? We do challenges. What have I been listening to this week? Um, I had a few things that I was listening to. I uh, I think my music recommendations for this week. So if you weren't listening uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing, I've got a uh, playlist on Spotify. I was about to say, I have a podcast. I've got a podcast that I do. And you're listening to it right now. Thank you. I've got a playlist on Spotify called Sitting Under a Tree 2018. Uh, I'm going to do music recommendations every week. Probably like a couple songs. Um, and chuck them on there. So today I've been listening to a lot of, uh, and last night I don't know why this popped into my head, but Billy Bragg. Do you guys know Billy Bragg? Like, this is something that like my mum and dad used to listen to, um, and I thought it was. It sounds like real old school. The album that I remember is Mermaid Avenue, um, <clears throat> and uh, I just put it on last night. It's fucking great. I remember that shit. I think the song that I want to recommend is Walt Whitman's niece, which is the first track. Got a super folky vibe to it. Um, uh, Yeah, Walt Whitman's Niece. Um, And I looked it up because I was kind of curious. I was like, who the fuck is Billy Bragg and what's the thing? So that album apparently, um, Mermaid Avenue, is... um, Hold on, let me read it here. 1998. First of all, it sounds like it's from the 60s or something. Um, Billy Bragg, evidently, is born 1957. So he's not super old, you know. Like, what's that? 57, same year as my mum. Dude's 60. Um, Oh, my mom's 67. Why am I giving out details of my mom? (laughs) Don't fucking talk to my mom! (laughs) Um, 57, so the dude's 60, and uh, so it it sounds like it has like a 60s, 70s kind of folky vibe to it, Um, but Mermaid Avenue is a 98 album of previously unheard lyrics written by American folk singer Woody Guthrie, put to music, written and performed by British singer Billy Bragg and the American band Wilco. So that's fucking sick, man. Let's see Woody Guthrie. Who the fuck is that? 1912 to 1967. So the dude's dead. Like, the dude was dead when this was put together. But I guess he published a bunch of poems and that. And uh, and Billy Bragg loved them and set them to music. That's so fucking cool. And it was... The project was f- the first of several projects organized by Guthrie's daughter, Nora Guthrie, original director of the Woody Guthrie Foundation Archives. So, Woody Guthrie was, like, some... Fo- oh, don't look up the foundation, idiot. Woody Guthrie was, like, a famous poet. And Billy Bragg loved his shit and put music to it. And it's got this, like, real, like, stompy barn... Barn house? Is that a genre of music? Barn stomping kind of vibe. That first song, man. And it's, like... like, boo, 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 boo. With It's, like, a call and response thing. Um, but they actually have words, not just, like, dumb groaning like I just did. So there's that, and then uh, I was torn between two songs with the same name, so I guess I'll throw them both in the mix here, but I'll only put uh, one of them on the playlist, because I looked up Wild Horses, I was at um, at Phil's place the other day having a drink, and he threw on the Rolling Stones, like just an old record that he had, and um, that song Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones, come on, and that song was like... I never was, was really, like, a Rolling Stones dude, you know? Um, but when I first moved to Melbourne, I uh, I met and, like, dated this girl who was super cool and was all about, like, that whole vibe. She was younger than me. At the time, I think she was, like, 19 and I was 21. But she was already just, like, way on top of all of this Rolling Stones and, like, you know, that era, like, blues and, and fucking... I don't even know what kind of stuff that is, whatever the Rolling Stones is, she was into that, um, she just had, like, and Pink Floyd and all of that kind of stuff, she had a completely different music taste to me, and, uh, she went overseas on a trip that year in, like, I moved in July, and I, I think she fucking went overseas in, like, the November of that year, and, uh, she gave me a USB with all of this music to listen to, and the one song that really stuck out to me was that track Wild Horses, and, um, I don't know, it just reminds me of when I was, like, first in Melbourne, kind of, like, hanging out with that girl, even though I didn't really get into it until after we broke up or whatever, uh, it's, it's really emblematic of that time, god, I'm a fucking sentimental piece of shit, that, and, uh, and then Wild Horses by Bishop Briggs, because I, like, I fucking looked it up on Spotify and, uh, and found this other one, which is real lovely, the, the acoustic version not the other version. The other version is, is fine. It's fine. Um, Alright, so... Uh, last thing that I was going to talk about. I think this is... This might be interesting. I don't know if this is going to be easy to talk about or not. But... Oh, someone's offering me seats for my new house. Fuck yeah, I need seats. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm down to take anything. If anything has any any chairs or tables or shit that they don't need that they think would be cool in, uh, in Blake and my new house, that would be, I would fucking take them, man. It's in East Brunswick. If they're of, like, reasonable size, you reckon I could carry them on public transport? Or even if you can hit me up before Friday and let me know, we can probably drive out to get them. We need a fridge. Uh, I, no, I don't think we need a fridge, actually. But we need, like, couches, chairs, coffee tables, dining room table... Just fucking awesome cool shit. If you have something that you think might look good on the walls, fuck yeah, man. If you've got anything that might look cool on, on uh, the wall at Blake and my house, fucking send us a picture. If it's cool, we'll come and pick it up and we'll throw it on the walls, man. No coherent design scheme to the new place. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> um, so, uh, alright, this last thing. Um fucking was, like, the funniest thing to happen in Melbourne comedy the last week, Uh, better than any of the actual comedy, so uh, this uh, young male comedian, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's had a bit of success recently, he's very young, very new, and uh, he's obviously getting pretty excited about things and whatever, Um, he posted this on Facebook, he said, uh, blah, 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 is feeling concerned, made one comment to a man on, f- uh, fl- from, bleh. made one comment to a man from Florida, and now he is threatening to ruin my comedy career, right, and I saw that, and it had 21 comments, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to read the shit out of these comments, it's going to be great, but I, I, click on it, and it's already been deleted, which, even better, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, if <laughs> the person's like, it, realize that they fucked up, and they needed to delete it, fuck yeah, so, hmm, messaged some friends I was like dude did anyone get the screenshot of that please 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 and um first first comment says clearly you're doing something right if he thinks you have a comedy career <laughs> which, which I don't think that person meant that as a burn but it's a fucking real good burn <laughs> cuz he doesn't have a career not a chance not yet god um <laughs> And then, uh, how, how can someone from halfway across the world threaten to ruin your career here in Oz? Um, the person says he's threatening to send a screenshot message to the comedy fest or roar over a debate we had over a movie. So this sounds fantastic. Um, people are saying, oh, that sounds really petty. Oh, that's shitty. Um, And someone goes so what did you say pretty sure the comedy festival can take a joke and the reply was I Was drunk and dropped the (laughs) n-word the whole context of the thing before it because you go back and read the top made one comment to a man from florida and now he's threatening to ruin my comedy career just what all i said was this one fucking thing (laughs) yeah you dropped the n-word you dumb idiot oh my god and uh and then like he's posting about it online telling people like if you make a mistake like that i mean what's happening here is i don't think he really knows exactly how bad it is to, to be saying that word and using that word, you know, which is why I kind of made a point at the start of saying that he's young. But anyway, so uh, he, he sent screenshots of the conversation that him and this dude threatening him were having. So uh, the screenshot says, this guy threatening him says, I'm not the one ruining your career. You did that yourself. You should have thought about that beforehand. You messed with the wrong person, buddy. Have a good day. <laughs> and then uh, the comedian from Melbourne says, so you're sending it to who exactly? I'm sorry, mate. Don't know why you're doing this. And then the guy says, anyone and everyone, I'm doing my research. No need for someone with a pedestal like you to be spewing derogatory statements like that. Bad role model. <laughs> and and the Melbourne guy says, mate, I'm an open micer, not big time. <laughs> I mean, that's brutal. That's, like... So, like, that's... that's, Yeah, that's a lot of... um, You can kind of... I think what's funny about that is you can really hear, like, the panic in what he's writing because he's he's really going, like, please, like, no! no, I'm not! I'm not! I didn't! Please don't! Like... What did I think was interesting about this? I think, first of all, like, no one can really ruin your career, you know, I, this made me think, actually, all right, this made me think about um, when I first moved to Melbourne, um, I, so this, this kid comes from, a, I think he's like 19, and he comes from a real small town, um, a couple hours out of Melbourne, where like the, uh, the political correctness and the culture of inclusiveness is not anywhere near as developed as it is in Melbourne, um, people still know like, don't be racist, don't be sexist, whatever, but the, the methods of actually enacting that, aren't there, you know, and um, I grew up in Adelaide, and I mean, when I was fucking 18, I would, like, just at parties, when I was excited, yell N-word in the crib, you know, I thought it was funny, I thought it was, like, a fun thing to yell, because I just listened to rap music, and I was like, this is fun, right, Um, and there were no, like, black people around to pull me up on it, there was no one there in front of me to be, like, upset at me using that word, and so I just had no idea of, like, how hurtful it could be, you know, Um, and the same with, like, the F word for, um, for gay people, I didn't know how harmful that word could be, (laughs) because there was probably a reason that I didn't have any gay friends, it's because I was the kind of person who was using that word, you know, Um, and it had never, I'd never seen anyone be hurt by it, so I was always, like, well, it's, I've always been fine using it, so fuck you, like, you're taking the offense, or whatever, when I came to Melbourne, that was basically my view, was, like, you're taking offense to me using this word, and you just shouldn't be such a, uh, such a, whatever. <laughs> a snowflake is the word that people use now. Um, but I quickly learned that that's not the fucking case, you know? You can't use those words because they have been used to hurt people in the past, and every time you use that word, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we should all know, right, why you can't use those words because it's hurtful to people, and you want people to feel comfortable in every environment that you're in. You don't want to be the reason that someone doesn't come somewhere, or do something, you know, I don't want to be the reason when, like, if, like, someone who's, like, gay, or, like, if they're a person of colour, marginalised person, whatever, they go, oh, man, Aiden's gonna be at that room, so I don't want to be there, because I'm scared that he's gonna say some crazy shit, that's fucking awful, you want to be a welcoming person, and I always thought that I was a welcoming person, because I'd never seen any evidence otherwise, because no one had ever been bold enough to show me why I wasn't being welcoming, or there just hadn't been circumstances in my life, you know, I mean, what was I doing when I was 18? Taking drugs and working behind the bar in a nightclub, right? No one's going to not go to... Like, yeah, it's just not that important. But as soon as you kind of start progressing in your life and becoming someone who, you know, has a platform, like as a comedian or if, you have, if you're a manager at work or whatever, you need to be mindful of that shit. And uh, when I first moved to Melbourne, it was a massive lesson for me because... Ugh... I mean, I'd uh, I I'd, I'd said a couple of things that were really not fucking cool, along the lines of what uh, this comedian has said, not racial, but like, all right. So the one that I uh, that I specifically can point to was uh, a female comedian who started at the same time as me, but was uh, she's maybe like six or seven years older than me. Uh, we knew each other because we were working at the same bar, so I I'd thought we were like, you know, we were we were like friendly on some level and uh, I just opened up a new room with a couple of mates, and she approached me, and uh, she was like, hey, can I get a gig at your room, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry for saying this, Uh, I said, get your rack out, bitch, and I said it in, like, a, like, boisterous way that was like, ha, 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 this is funny, I'm making a joke, of course, I'll give you a spot, but, like, you know, I still said it, and she, um, She flipped out and was like, what the fuck? You can't say that to me. And I was like, oh, this is a fucking joke. Like, you you know, you're being a a pussy or whatever. And uh, we had a fight. I lost bookings because of it. People in the scene were, like, really disappointed, like, messaging me going, really disappointed. How could you say that shit? And it took me, like, six months and conversations with, like, female friends of mine outside of comedy and slowly, slowly, like, leading me around to understand why like, it's not okay to say that, because even if I was joking, that kind of shit does get said to women, and so you can't, if you say that even as a joke, it perpetuates, it perpetuates, like, attitudes of thinking that that's okay, and it's not fucking okay to say that kind of shit to people, so, um, and it took, it took from, from the six months of me kind of uh, having to check myself and, like, Realize that it's not okay to say that stuff. Realize that I was wrong. Accept that I was wrong. Apologize properly. Um, that took about six months, and then it took another year before other people uh, not the not the person who I'd spoken to, but other people who had heard about it to kind of start changing their ideas of who I was. And that was like so in total, like a year and a half of uh, from when it happened to like. Me realising that I was wrong, apologising and then not doing anything else like that and just being better for, an, for a fucking a year and a half to the point where people started going, okay, then clearly that was a mistake. It happened long enough ago that we understand that he's changed. What I'm saying to the, to the dude who fucked up at the weekend, it's going to get better. But as long as you understand why you fucked up, what you did and why you're not going to do it again it will get better, but it takes time, you know, but I think, man, the people that I've spoken to about this, it's like, it's just a young dude fucking up, it's not, this isn't a racist, this, this person is not a racist, they're just dumb, you know, I I don't know, I don't know if I made a fucking point at all there, oh, <sighs> My tea's fucking cold. My tea went cold. What the fuck? I was talking for too long, and now my tea's cold. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to flip out over the weirdest shit. I used to like. I was saying to my friend today, I would get um, like toast in the morning before school. I would wake up at like six thirty seven, and I would get like, like, like two rounds of toast, so like four slices of toast, and then like cereal and like, and like a fucking, what would I have to like a milkshake or something, like, I was a maniac, and I would try and carry it from the kitchen down the five meters of hallway into the TV room, we called it the TV room, not even the lounge room, the TV room, <laughs> what's in there, couches and a TV, I would take it into the TV room and set it down, and, uh, I was such a spazzy little kid that like... This is when I'm like in primary school, you know? Even into high school, I reckon. I would carry all that shit so it'd be balanced on my arm and like, you know, squeezed under my armpit and shit. Um, The drink, not the toast. And I would get in the TV room and if I could carry it all the way without spilling anything, I wasn't happy with myself or like congratulatory of myself. I was just like, yeah, good. That's what should happen. That's the standard that I hold myself to. If I spilled anything if I spilled some of the milk or like the drink or put the toast on the floor was the worst oh that would really piss me off but just if I spilled anything I was so angry with myself I would be like like punching myself in the leg like fuck 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 almost crying but not crying and it would honestly ruin my mood for the first part of the day until something nice happened like when I got to school if I saw my friends or something I would be in a bad mood until then (laughs) what a fucking maniac God, that's like some that's that's like some uh like mild autistic spectrum shit, you know? Like everything has to be absolutely perfect. Or um yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's fucking weird. Ooh, someone just opened a door next to me and it really scared me. <sighs> I think that's it, guys. I think that's me. That's the pod for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. I got um what gigs am I doing? Fuck, I should have put that at the start. I will, I think. I'm gonna put it at the start. Um Uh, But just to recap, I'm doing Crab Lab tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday in Melbourne. Come check that out. And what do I got the week after? Anything, 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 anything. Week after. uh, I'm doing, oh, I'm emceeing Voltaire. Yes. Sunday the 20th. Uh, Come down to that, man. North Melbourne. uh, 7 p.m. Come check that out. Or uh, Thursday the 24th, I'm at the Rochester Hotel in Fitzroy. Um, Those are all good shows, man. Um, or go on my website, Aiden Taco Jones. There's a little gig section there if you want to find out where I'm performing and when. And I will update that, I promise. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, man. This has been Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.